0: Come back! Let's f- rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. All right, let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down as the Twisted Tuesday has uh, begun and the celebrations have begun in Dallas, Texas. The celebrations have begun. Uh, in Los Angeles, California. The Los Angeles Dodgers are officially World Series champions. The Dodgers win their first championship in 32 years. And I'll tell you what, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers did it in style in Clayton Kershaw's hometown. Clayton Kershaw goes 2 0 in the World Series, but it's Corey Seeger who wins the most valuable player. He was the front runner coming into tonight. As low as minus 125, there were plus 175s on the board uh, last night. People started to hammer uh, Seager. Nothing overly dramatic happened as far as the Dodgers were concerned. Mookie Betts had a big game, but it was uh, not enough for the MVP. But Mookie Betts was the difference maker tonight. Big double for Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts' uh, speed. Mookie Betts' base running. And then Mookie Betts hits an insurance home run. The cash is a ticket for the Los Angeles Dodger run line backers. The celebration has begun in socal uh, right now as uh, the los angeles lakers of course won the nba title it's only the 18th time that uh, we have multiple championships uh, from the same uh, city it's the first time that it's like you know in a span of a couple of weeks uh, as uh, well there's only one team and there's only like uh, i should say one city and you know, one group of teams one city that actually like swept the board and won all the major championships You know, we can't really play trivia with you because you just look it up anyways, but it's Detroit. That's right, Detroit. Detroit swept the board once in 1935. 1935, Detroit swept the board. They won the NFL championship. There was no Super Bowl. They won the NFL championship. Uh, They won the Stanley Cup. There was a Stanley Cup in 1935, and there was a World Series in 1935. The NBA did not exist in 1935, so... They couldn't, they couldn't, like, win all four. They won all three. It's the only time any city's ever won all three before. All right? Uh, so, you know, we, we've seen it happen in the past. We'll break it down. We'll go down memory lane. As the Los Angeles Dodgers are World Series champions. And uh, Barry Horowitz is going to step up and in. Steve Merrill, Jason B. Tachofen, and Barry Horowitz. As uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers win in six plus 380, as predicted. Right here. Bring it. This is Sports Rage. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winner, and I know the winner. So call me now! Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute! You have reached the coach's hot line. Line?
1: Yeah, lay it on me, coach.
0: In the game of my MA mm-hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati, Not Cincinnati, today. come
1: on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money?
0: Sports rage, sports rage late night. Uh, Steve Merrill, who's a handicapper, has to enjoy that. Don't you wish, Steve? You could charge by the second. Uh, this week, uh, between Mississippi and Mississippi State, there are many factors in which we must consider. Steve Merrill steps up and wager talk. What's up, Steve? <laughs> One of the two or three greatest episodes of all
2: times so of The Simpsons, and this is my shoe win of the week. This is my watch of that. the century.
0: I love when he busts out the they big log. They
2: cases. <laughs> the, the best line of that whole episode, though, is the Greek, the Jimmy the Greek knockoff. He yeah. goes, really you really missed that one, Greek. He goes, look, Brent, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong yeah, 48. Yeah, hey, You're off the hook.
0: I knew, I knew you were going to accuse style. That, that's the best. Well, what can you say? When you're right 52% of the time, you're going to be wrong 48% of the time. <laughs> you
2: know what's you funny, said? Gabe, is I haven't seen that in probably over 20 years. I haven't seen that episode probably literally in over 20 years. I still remember it. That and the it baseball really one from the second or third year, like 1990, when Ken Griffey Jr. gets gigantism yeah, yeah. from the nerve tonic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike social, you want to work on Matt a power plant? cut those
2: sideburns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so was it Sachs or Sosa? It was Sosa. Sosa,
0: right? yeah, Sachs. They were both in it. You were both in it, but I don't know why I yeah, remember and the and Mike Sosa Yeah, and then Mattingly up
2: being the manager of the Dodgers. And then Mattingly yeah, yeah, was still a player, and he was a Dodger manager. A lot of Dodger. It's a very appropriate tonight.
0: <laughs> it is. It's Steve Sachs, Mike Sosa. Exactly. Mike Sosa replaced Steve Yeager as the Dodgers catcher after the 70s into the 80s. Um, you know what's crazy, though, Steve? That whole Steinbrenner and, like, the shave your sideburns and Mattingly and stuff – it never happened in the sense that he never told him to shave his sideburns, and that Simpsons episode happened before Steinbrenner ever told him to cut his hair. So, like, they predicted they that as Trump well. They got Trump as president 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, they okay, had Trump they, as they president, didn't... remember, like in 2000. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I think they, they've got everything, Steve. The Simpsons predicted a million things, but still, still think, Like, they didn't copy that like, ha-ha, Steinbrenner. No, no, they did it before. Like they did it before, and Steinbrenner, like four years later, snaps, "Your hair is too freaking long, right?" But the whole thing is the the Yankees always had that thing, right? Crew cuts, and you know, no hair, but you know, below the collar, right? So that was always their thing. But yeah, the the baseball episode. Of course, there was the other one when Major League Baseball is spying on Bart. Bart goes crazy. They fill him up a riddle in, <laughs> <laughs> but he's right. He's right. <laughs> Mark McGuire's like. Yeah, little Bart is right. Uh, Major League Baseball is spying on you. I can tell you why. Uh, or you can hit, watch me hit some dingers. People are like dingers. <laughs> There's a lot of great baseball ones. The isotopes moving. <laughs> Homer has the Homer the, the hunger yeah. strike. <laughs> and, and Steve, the, the baseball announcer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Homer's the mod's a great one too. The big leagues, the Astrodome yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. The 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 announcer too is just too good, like for the isotopes. After third baseman Big McCaffrey pops out the center, this game will be over. <laughs> <laughs> I like the soccer one also. Big McCaffrey grounds out to third base, this game will be over.
2: <laughs> I got I to go back and watch these. I have them all in like VHS tape. I taped them all in the 90s, like without commercials. I mean, I literally got like an archive of them. <laughs> I just got to find that's my why, VCR now.
0: That's why I like the clip, Steve. That's, that's a good mood, right? That sets the tone here, so. Um I'll tell you what, uh, Steve, remember we talked about the LA LA parlay. Here we are right now, right? Lakers, yeah, uh Lakers, Dodgers. Plus four seventy eight hits. Uh we called Dodgers in six at plus three eighty. Uh, but I don't know if this is this is sharp capping. I I'm not gonna say that. I'm a Dodger fan. It's kind of just degenerateness, but so I already had the Dodgers in futures. I took the Dodgers to win the series with a bunch of college football games, uh money lines that hit. I took Khabib to win in the UFC with the Dodgers parlayed uh, to win the series. And that hit. So a lot of people just would have stood pat uh, tonight and said, oh, whatever, I've already got the Dodgers. Ah, screw that. I decided to take the Dodgers on the money line and the run line. And you and I talk about it so much, Steve. You know, I, I look back on it. In the last 10 games, oh, the Dodgers were 8-2 and two as far as the run line in their games, one way or the other. Like They played like three one-run games in the entire playoffs, Steve. Like, man, and all year the Dodgers were cashing run lines. You know, people, we left a lot of money on the table with the run line. I cashed a plus 165 tonight on the run line.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I said it all year long. I was doing the Wager Talk TV baseball show, and I said it like in the first month of the season. It was working, by the way, with the Twins also, two home run heavy teams that can score. They either win by a margin or they lose outright, and it's just continued to work. You know, I was a little reluctant to use it in the finals here because they're lower-scoring games, and the Rays have such a good pitching staff and bullpen. Yet, once again, it applied to five of the six World Series games. They either lost outright or they won by double uh, by two or more. So it's been a great money maker. And the reason that works so well is because you're getting them almost always at plus money on the run line. Sometimes it's minus juice, but usually plus money. Or, of course, if you're playing against them, they're always plus money. And, like, remember back in week one, they beat the Giants 17-2 to for the first two games. And then they lost the next two games as over a two dollar favorite to the Giants. So even from the first week of the season it was working.
0: yeah you're exactly right. and and you're better off doing it because you don't have to risk the juice because the Dodgers were always pretty pretty heavy favorites right. uh, with the money line. So Steve, this this sort of wraps up the the, the you know the, the first pandemic swing, so to speak, not to make leg of the pandemic. but you know the, the pandemic of sports, you know what I mean? Like the NBA bubble. NHL hub, and I still don't understand, Steve, why the NBA was a bubble and the NHL is a hub. They're both the same damn thing. <laughs> right? So you can call it a bubble or a hub, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call it, but they call it oh, the NHL hub and the NBA bubble. Uh, maybe the league just made an agreement on it. Hey, we'll call it, we're, we're the hub, you're the bubble. But now so baseball in their 60-game season in the playoffs, they get through this. Um, so now we move forward. So these leagues are done. Now we're into the, the, the other leagues that have started. But how about this, guys? And this is crazy stuff, Steve, all right? I wish we would have got to it earlier, but there's a lot of stuff to get to tonight. So, Justin Turner was removed from the baseball game in the ninth inning tonight. Coronavirus.
2: Yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, I, I still don't even understand what's happening there.
0: His test comes back while he's on the field, and they're like, well, you've got to get him off the field. He's got coronavirus. In the ninth inning, you've got to get him off the field. So, right now, he's in isolation. He can't celebrate with anybody. I'm sure he's getting drunk by himself in a room, but he's got coronavirus, so he's probably a little freaked out. And on top of this, though, Steve, so imagine this goes seven games, Steve, tomorrow. Justin Turner would not have been able to play. And how many other Dodger players have coronavirus right now, Steve? Come on, bro. They've all been with Justin. If he has it, there's no way, there's no way in hell he's the only one on the team that has it. Did they cover it up? Would they have covered it up for tomorrow? Or Just imagine this goes seven, yeah. Steve, and a bunch of Dodgers have coronavirus tomorrow in game seven and their roster's depleted, bro. Uh, think of what happen- what would have happened if the Rays would have won the game tonight, man.
2: Yeah, Gabe, I-, I didn't realize it was the ninth inning, so that's yeah. making me even more suspect. Now, I knew it was like mid to late game because I heard it afterwards when they announced Nine it in inning, the studio. Steve. They're
0: like, oh, you got to come
2: out. Uh, that- that's <laughs> making me think, I'm telling you, Gabe, you and I love a good conspiracy theory, and I know I'd love to get you worked up about corona and the testing, but... They you had to admit, know this seems strange as hell. They had to have yeah, known so, before That's what I don't understand. When the hell was he tested? They test him in the seventh inning stretch? I mean, what the hell? It so what's the point of sense. testing, Steve, if you don't and know then, before like the said,
0: game? Yeah, what's the point of testing if you don't know the yeah, game? what good is
2: it? Exactly. What good is it to test if you find out like at 89% of the game's been played and he's been around the dugout the whole game? Makes no sense. Something is fishy about that. I think you're exactly right. They knew the Dodgers were going to hold on to win i don't get it and then this commissioner just said it was the first positive test in baseball in the last 60 days and that doesn't seem possible so How something is not right about this it makes me think they've been covering a positive test all season it makes me think the nba <laughs> bubble had 20 of them that we never heard about because i mean who knows it's something to I don't really don't I'm you,
0: it just doesn't sit right with me oh, listen, i'm a dodger fan i'm not trying to tarnish anything but yeah something's up here this isn't just as clean cut as like what like there's a lot a lot of questions no one will really ask in the end you know like you know what i mean it's sort of they're gonna trail off and hey the parade's tomorrow guys but you're right like what's the point of having tests if you find out so what What was the deal did everyone know so listen the results might come in in the third what if blake snell test positive in the fourth inning you pull in the picture what the hell like <laughs> manford screws everything up steve everything <laughs> and now now like i wonder too what the hell are you guys really hiding bring it Some bad news for you.
1: I know, Marge. I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. What? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor.
0: Sports race late night bring it Dodgers are champions Dodgers are champions Steve Merrill always a champion handicapper kicking it with us uh, right now and um you know the Dodgers I'm a fan I'm not a fan of a ton of teams um but the, the 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 fan the teams that I'm a fan of like I don't waver like I've never I've never switched like oh now I'm a, a, a fan of this or I've I've changed well, you know, thing with the Raptors, listen, I wasn't a fan of the Raptors when I was a kid because they didn't exist, right? <laughs> they didn't exist. Uh, but, you know, I went to Raptor games in the first year. 25 years ago, I went to Raptor games in the first year. And, um, you know, I had a soft spot in my heart. And I, you know, over years, you know, they, they grow on you. Plus, I ended up living there uh, as well. Uh, but the Dodgers, I go way back and... um you know, they just won right now. I'm not going to lie. I'd I prefer to be in Texas right now getting drunk with all those crazy Dodger fans outside the stadium. I'd like to be celebrating, but it's great to be on the air after. But great memories of the Dodgers. Like uh, baseball, you get that sentimental memory, Steve, you know? you know. My mother passed away, but I remember going to Dodger games with my mother when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, she was, um, she was uh, quite the looker. So, uh, Steve Yeager, right out of the Simpsons, actually, Steve, once again. Remember when, like, uh, Bart asked for the autograph, and the guy, uh, the, the player ignores him, and Marge goes over? He signs the ball, hotel room number 303. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like the same same type of thing. I'm like, hey, Mr. Yeager, can I get an autograph? I'm like seven years old. And uh, he's like, hey, kid. And he's like, hey, how you doing? He starts talking to my mother. And remember Steve Yeager, a <laughs> real playboy guy, right, with the chains and the hairy chest. And, like, you know what I mean? Yep used to have the, the jersey buttoned down open with the chest hair. Remember those 70s guys, Steve? <laughs> Remember Steve Garvey? Used to think he was clean Steve cut, Garvey. man. Steve uh, yeah, He's there. got a big orgy guy oh, and yeah. stuff. Hey, he's got like 10 wives. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, Garvey was the one I thought of when he said chest hair. That's so funny that you mentioned him. I was about to say Steve Garvey. And then the Penguin, Ron Say. They had a lot of chest hair on that team.
0: They really did. They really did. You're know, right, Steve Garvey? All forearms, Steve. Remember, I mean, he had massive forearms. Hairy as hell, to be yeah, right. Short and stocky. Yeah. yeah That's Dodgers, what made me think of Ron yeah.
2: Say because Garvey was
0: short and stocky, just like the penguin. The penguin, the third baseman. Great memory, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. The infield was um, Steve Garvey, first base. Davey Loeb, second base. Bill Russell, shortstop. Uh, the penguin, Ron wow. Say. Uh, Ron Say, third base. Catcher, Steve Yeager. But the backup was a young Mike Sosha. Of course, who went on, you know, so yep. quite, quite a career Mike Sosha had after, too. Um, uh, after the fact. And Guerrero you know,
2: so- was in the outfield right after that, I believe, right? Pedro yeah, Guerrero yeah, Pe- maybe a year or two after that?
0: Yes, sir. Pedro Guerrero, and the former uh, Dodger. Um, good play. Great player, Pedro. Pedro Guerrero. But So, yeah, Steve, So people don't realize, but the Dodgers farm team, the Montreal Royals, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. So, the great, great. boys of summer, the Brooklyn Dodgers farm team was the Montreal Royals, Steve. Uh, so, it was a big connection. So, you know, there's Growing up, like Duke's the great Dodger centerfield. Duke Snyder was um, was the Expos radio analyst. Like Jackie Robinson played in Montreal professionally. Played his first game. Like That's the right. first African American player was in Montreal, not like Brooklyn. Um, there's a statue of Jackie Robinson outside the stadium uh, in Montreal. But guys like Tommy Lasorda, Don Drysdale, Chuck Connors, Walter Austin, uh, Alston, Roy Campanella, Johnny Pogges, uh Duke Snyder. All these guys all played in Montreal. so like there's a big connection. In fact, the Montreal Expos were supposed to be called the Montreal Royals, but the uh, son of a bitches from Kansas City copywritten it first. They trademarked it. <laughs> so that's why a little, little baseball history here. But uh, it's nice to finally, uh, finally get this title home, uh, title home, Steve. Now the next team uh, I'm a fan of that needs to win, the Bills. But I'll tell you what, that defense, the way they're playing, and that offense right now, they don't look like a Super Bowl team.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, um, I posted on Twitter, the uh, droughts, the Dodgers had the sixth longest active drought in between titles. Now there's, after the Indians, the next four teams have never won a title, like Rangers, Brewers, Padres, Mariners, but of the teams that had won a title, the Dodgers had the sixth longest drought. Guess who's um, now third on that list? My Baltimore Orioles, who I remember winning it in 1983 when I was nine years old. Um, it's hard to believe it's been that long of a drought. The Tigers haven't won it since 1984. And I always thought of Kirk Gibson more of a Tiger. So, that last Dodger win, it wasn't really a Dodgers team, you know, in 88. cuz oh, Gibson Earl wasn't really a Dodger. was a Dodger. He was for like a year or two. He
0: hit one, he he had one hit was. in Hershizer the series. Was great. People remember the home run. Like they, it was one hit. And it was game it one was on an, top it of it that. Was in game and it was two only game one. <laughs> yeah, it was game one or game no, two, It was game Steve, one. Exact. Yeah. <laughs> game one. It's so overblown. Not overblown, but you know what I mean. Like Earl Hershiser was the star oh, yeah, of he that, was crippled. Right? Yeah.
2: He didn't play. He was the Bueller. He reminds me a lot of Bueller. And it's too bad we didn't get to see Bueller in Game 7. That would have been something.
0: What do you think, though, Steve, about this Gonsolin guy? He doesn't deserve a ring. He should get a replica ring, not a real ring. <laughs> oh, you're terrible. You're not getting a $400,000 ring, bro. We're giving you, like, the fan replica one. You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, the um, the over-under line went from eight to eight and a half right near first pitch tonight. About 30 minutes before the game, it steamed eight and a half. So, Goslin not only uh, lost money on that, but he had a terrible outing on top of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, though, uh, Steve, exactly. I bet the over the game. I had the Dodgers on the money line. I had the Dodgers on the run line, but I bet the over. After that first home run, I'm like, oh, yeah, it totals up to nine and a half. Looks like the track meet's going to be on tonight, Steve. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I saw there's a good tweet out there. It says, uh, Dodgers have a difficult decision uh, to make. Do they give a quarter or a half share of their playoff, uh, their World Series playoff win to Kevin Cash? What do you think about Cash taking (laughs) Snell out?
2: Well, actually, I had the over as well, and I was very disappointed to see him pull him because I thought he was about to implode in that inning. So I didn't blame him. And then, of course, the 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 relief pitcher gives up as much as Snell might have, but everyone's—I'm not so sure that it was a foregone conclusion that Snell was getting him out of that inning. I think he knew exactly what was going to happen and that's why he pulled him. Snell had pitched well above, over his head at that point. But with that said, he was pitching well, and you know these guys are very fast to pull it. And by the way, uh, you could also say, get your thought on this game as a Dodger fan, uh, I thought the headline could be, Dodgers win the World Series despite Roberts as their manager this season. I mean, yeah. I'm still not a huge fan of him overall, Um, and he no, had a questionable no. call in the last game.
0: No, and in fact, like, Mookie Betts saved his ass with the home run late, so he didn't have to manage and think, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the right. thing. Like, I looked at him, too. I looked over. I'm like, you're lucky we're so loaded, Skip. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're oh, right. Yeah. Like, did, did, did Dave Roberts win this or did the players win this? The players won this. The players' talent won this. You know what I mean?
2: Exactly. It's kind of like LeBron in the NBA championships. Uh, name all the coaches. Other than Spalestra. is the real deal in, in Miami. But, yeah, in Cleveland and L.A. so far, I'm not sure he's really had much. Uh, the head coach has been along for the ride, those other titles.
0: So the last uh, the last city to win two titles in a year, um, 2018 Boston Patriots and the Red Sox, 2009 we have to go back to 2009 before that, Steelers and Penguins both won. 2004 Boston uh, Patriots and Red Sox, 2002 Los Angeles uh, Lakers Angels, 2002 1988, wow Lakers Dodgers. I realized huh. that last time the Dodgers won, the Lakers won. That's pretty crazy. I don't know how I didn't realize that. Who was the
2: Super Bowl that year? That would have been the Redskins were '87, I believe. So that was the year after the Redskins. That would have been '23. It would have been San Francisco, I think. So almost three Jeez. California teams won it that year. I think that yeah. would have been Super Bowl '23 with San Francisco, unless it was the Redskins over the Broncos, which was the '87 season. So that would have been February of '88 or January of '88. So that count as the '87 season, right? Like, it's yeah, crazy how the the Rams win it this year, yes, it'd be the twenty twenty season.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how these things I think come the in Niners bunches. Won it though. That year. Like you look at you know the success. Yeah. New York the city New York hasn't had success in a while, but nineteen eighty six, New York Giants, uh Super Bowl, um, uh, Mets. The Mets. Mets win the Mets win the World Series, Rangers won a cup in ninety four. There's a nice nice little run there. You're right though, Steve. What about nineteen
2: eighty one, Gabe? Or eighty. Didn't the fly? Didn't Philadelphia sweep yeah, yeah, off filler Philly. Philly almost did?
0: Yeah, yeah Philly that's came
2: the one close. I remember.
0: Yeah, they came close. The
2: Phillies lost, right?
0: No, the Phillies won. No,
2: no, the Eagles. I'm sorry, the Eagles lost to the Raiders. The Eagles lost the Super Bowl that year.
0: Yeah, the, the Phillies won, team. and the Sixers won, and the Eagles lost the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the had yeah, Flyers didn't win a cup. The, did the Flyers uh, won the title. No, no. The Oilers uh, were winning back then still. That was when the Oilers were winning. Yeah, the, or Flyers the, Islanders, stopped, the Islanders were winning. The Flyers stopped winning in the seventies. Flyers stopped yeah, the they Islanders come, had like four straight there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh Los Angeles Los Angeles cashes in. I don't know. Chargers aren't winning the Super Bowl. I doubt the Rams are either.
2: <laughs> yeah, Rams yeah. are twenty five to one. I just looked it up actually. So they got about a three percent chance according to the odds.
0: But you talked about you got about two it. teams, like you said. It's the, um, you talk about it, it's the calendar stuff that is different as well. Championships are said to be the same season if they occur within 12 months of each other, right? Because you get these seasons, they, you know, they, they carry over to the next year. But this one is definitive. Lakers, Dodgers, in a span of two, three weeks, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Like you know is. Mean? They're almost lucky they can't have parades. LA would be burnt down. I haven't seen footage yet. I don't know how <laughs> hardcore they're getting in LA, but I imagine, uh, I imagine they're tearing it up right now
2: actually Gabe, I'm thinking about this it's not the same season because the way I would define it would be like when the season starts and the lakers won it for the 2019 season basically you know what i'm saying like their championship although i don't know no, no. they didn't
0: play D- yeah they didn't play so they were off for months you no, know but it would have
2: been in like no it would have been like in june but this would have been the title in june so i i mean i don't know i guess there's two ways to see like the football title the Super Bowl is going to be it's in January season. or February of 2021, but we would consider it the 2020 season if the Rams won it right now. So yes. the Lakers almost yeah, – I don't know. I'm confusing no, myself not. now.
0: You are. You throw up, out throw up the calendar <laughs> crap. It was the same season, Steve. <laughs> I will hit some college football <laughs> on the other side. Portrait late night. Dodgers are champions. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks.
1: You want to pick a team?
0: No, just take it. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. I don't know if there's a Dodger fan on the streets right now, but there's fireworks going on. It's the middle of the night. <laughs> this isn't normal. Like, this is not normal. Like, I don't know. Like, people are going to start flipping. This is like, uh, I, can you hear it? Like... If, if I open the windows and door, you could hear like, nah, that's just great. I was gonna start look oh, what the hell's going on? There's fire fireworks. Maybe, maybe there's a Dodger fan, Steve celebrating. Uh, so we understand, yes, indeed, they are tearing apart uh, the city of Los Angeles uh, right now, um, another another championship uh, for Los Angeles. Dodgers, I uh, get it done. Uh, Dod- Listen, Dodge the Dodgers before the series started. They were minus uh, minus uh, two hundred favorites. They were minus two ten. It came down to like uh, to minus uh, two hundred. Uh, a lot of people don't like Tampa tonight, man. You, they, you know, Steve, coming into the game tonight, I just couldn't refuse getting the Dodgers at minus 122. And, you know, Cam brought it up tonight, yet he took the raise, and he's like, you know, you're just not going to get the Dodgers, a team this good at this price. And even though Gonsolin was shaky as hell, and he was a heart attack waiting to happen, he did only give up one run. They got him out of there fast. So, you know, everyone talked about the pitching advantage tonight, and it's one of these instances where baseball can be cruel, Blake Snell was the best player on the field tonight, but you know, in the end, you know, they still end up losing.
2: Yeah, and it was an interesting situation, too, because you get a at like, plus 700, who's anywhere from 650 to plus 800 to be the MVP. And I said this on First Pitch today on Wager Talk TV. It's kind of like the old Super Bowl MVP angle. I was like, if you think Tampa can come back and win game six and seven, why play him at plus 400? Why not take a to be the, the MVP, at yep. about 700 and he goes out there and hits the first inning home run i'm like man that's looking good right now <laughs> if they come back to win it um of course that's not what happened but i thought that was interesting and i also thought it was interesting that it was plus 400 because gabe i did the math today and they were plus 120 tonight okay so say so you bet 100 bucks you win 120 you roll that 220 over in game seven you know maybe they're plus 150 plus 160 with bueller on the mound that came out to like 330 so yep you actually got a good payoff at 400. So the the minus 500 to win the series looked a little hefty. Um, You know, I don't know if that's because they had some liability, maybe from future bets and whatnot, you know, because they probably got Dodger money pretty heavy in Vegas this year. Um, But that was a rare situation where there probably was some value with the Rays to win the series at plus 400, even though it didn't happen, obviously.
0: No, you're exactly right. I think they were, they were trying to like get some Tampa money to come in. Remember we talked about it, Steve, when I brought up the, uh, well, I think it's seven states that Fanduel is in, in which it was all like, you know, the, there was only one state, Illinois, that took, uh, that that didn't take the Dodgers, like West Virginia, like seventy-three percent of the action. So you know, I think the books did get hit pretty hard uh, with this. And for the record, right now, it didn't take them long. Fanduel's already posted uh, World Series futures for next year. LA Dodgers are favorites, plus four hundred. New York Yankees, plus five fifty. <laughs> Atlanta Braves nine to one. San Diego's a dangerous franchise. They're 13 to 1. Tampa's 13 to 1. White Sox up and coming team, 14 to 1. It's tough to bet this now, Steve. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not recommending anyone bet it now because it's so long away to get paid. Um, but we don't know what the format's gonna be. What's the deal next year? Are they playing with Fenn? You know, I, I don't know. You know, that's that's the whole thing. I'm hearing they they want to shorten the season a bit. They're going to go to, like, 154 games. They're just going to basically shave a week off. That's what it used to be, 154. Uh, So they're going to shave it off to 154 and have a, like, they're going to keep the extra playoffs, though. That's the initial report, Steve. They're going to keep the runner on second base, too, in extra innings. They'll scrap the seven-inning doubleheaders. They'll keep the runner on second base in extra innings. They'll keep the playoff format as is. They like it with the more teams making the playoffs. I like this, Steve. I like the World Series at one spot. I did a poll question. We'll get to the update, but most people don't. It was like 70% against it, but it, it's almost like the Super Bowl. Gives, if you're a hardcore fan, you know, you go to the city for a whole week. You can see a bunch of the games. Teams from both fans can go. It can be a big event. I, I like this format. I mean, people are like, oh, it's not the same without fans. Yeah, because you're only allowed 11,000 fans tonight. But, look, if it works for the Super Bowl, Steve. They have the Super Bowl in a neutral venue. What do you think about this?
2: Yeah. I I hadn't really thought about that, Gabe. I'm not totally against it. You know, if you'd asked me that question a few months ago, I would have said it makes no sense, but yeah, after seeing how it worked out here, it's kind of cool limits the travel, you know, but they still take the day off. I I do miss though, the loud raucous home field. Uh, Obviously in baseball, the crowd is hardly ever an issue unless you're like inside the Metrodome when the twins made those runs in 87 and 91. Um, Very few times other than that, do I ever remember like crowd noise being a factor, but it is cool to see the crowd get pumped up in, in a playoff World Series game with the sellout. Um, so I'd be against it for that reason, but I'm not totally against it. I, I think it was a pretty cool atmosphere in Texas.
0: Steve Merrill, Wager Talk, kicking it with us. So, uh, Steve, um, COVID uh, nearly came into play here in the World Series, uh, but COVID's coming to play already one week into Big Ten football. Uh, the Wisconsin Badger quarterback situation, Steve, they get hit pretty hard. Uh, so you know their starting quarterback gets hurt, then their star uh, their star recruit uh, Mertz looks great in 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 the game against Illinois. He's out for 21 days. the The other backup is out for as well. They're depleted at the quarterback uh, position. Fragile situation for the Badgers right now.
2: Yeah, luckily I got in with them last week and got the nice win on that Friday night game because uh, it's going to be tough probably to use them here in the near future. Um, big 10 was actually very good to me last week in week one. I used uh, Wisconsin, as I mentioned on Friday night and then had Northwestern on Saturday. They won by 40 good as a 11 and a half point favorite. Um, actually did uh, an appearance today on Teddy coverage. So wager talk today on um, this afternoon, earlier this afternoon. And um, he asked me to do three advanced football games. I actually picked a couple big 10 games to talk about. Um, I looked for Minnesota, maybe to bounce back this Friday night against that Maryland team that I played against Maryland. Just a mess. And by the way, uh, Tua to Tungvalol, his younger brother, is the Maryland quarterback right now. He looked god-awful last week. Uh, hard to imagine they could just flip a switch and fix their problem with just five days off in between. And then the other game I talked about was Rutgers as a home dog against Indiana, yeah. who just pulled the big upset of Penn State. Of course, uh, Rutgers pulled the big upset of Michigan State. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting game as well. A lot of sharp money has been coming on Rutgers so far this year. That's a uh, team that the sharp betters obviously love. It's a little early for the public to realize that they're an improved squad with 17 starters back this year and a Cheyenne the back as head coach also, which I think definitely makes a difference.
0: Uh, you're exactly right. And I was on Rutgers against Michigan state, you know, Michigan state's rebuilding the program. I thought that, um, you know, I couldn't, I, I liked the double digits. That number really came down though. I got it at 11. I saw it at 13 and a half earlier in the week. By the time I betted it, it was 11 and I was put off a bit. I knew I was getting a bad number, but they ended up cruising. And I, you know, my eyes lit up when I saw the double-digit numbers again for this game. In You know, Indiana, they just had a high-profile win against Penn State, but it's a classic letdown spot right now going to Piscataway. And, you know, this this Rutgers team, man, they've recruited pretty well over the years. And Shiano's a big-time coach. He's just the perfect coach for this program. He's had success there in the past. He's a big-time coach. He should be, you know, in a, in a bigger spot, but his personality scares people so, he's just a perfect Jersey guy. You know, I was tweeting the other day about how Jersey's the angriest state in America. And, uh, like, nobody smiles in New Jersey. <laughs> I, cry, and I trust where I live there. Like, nobody smiles anywhere, Steve. It's like, what? Oh, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's just mad all the time there. And I like it, though. It's uh, New Jersey's an underrated state. Uh, but he's just perfect. Like, he's a grumpy dude. He's the perfect guy for that place. And... And you got Indiana coming in here laying double digits, Steve. Ah, it's too many points. They're going to have their hands full winning this football game at Rutgers.
2: Yeah, and the line opened 13. It's already 11, as you mentioned. So, like I said, the sharp money has been coming in heavy on Rutgers now for two straight weeks. Um, yet they won outright as a dog last week, and I could very well see them winning this game outright. It would not surprise me. Um, keep in mind, Indiana won that game last week against Penn State as a seven-point home dog. But they got out game by almost 250-some yards. They had a 3-2 turnover edge. But then again, uh, Rutgers had a 7-3 turnover edge. Yeah. Rutgers had seven turnovers forced. But um, I'll tell you what jumps out to me, Gabe, though. Rutgers allowed only 50 rushing yards on 39 attempts by Michigan State. That was really solid. Meanwhile, Indiana gave up 250 rushing yards on 52 attempts. 4.8
0: versus 1.3. So, huge rushing edge defense, at least as of now, for Rutgers. Great, uh, great observation, Steve. And you know Rutgers, uh, he's not. Shan's not going to want to get into a track meet. He's going to look to play smash-mouth football, run the ball, keep Indiana's offense on the sideline. So the Michigan Wolverines, listen, I'm also a diehard Michigan fan. And, you know, it was nice to see yep. them win. And, Steve, you know, but even I even I was like, man, I don't know why these guys are favored in Minnesota. I bet them, but it was a fan bet, Steve. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? It was a fan bet. And I'm like, I don't know why these guys are favored in Minnesota. You know, the first series, they got a punt blocked, and it looked like, oh, boy. Yeah, you, know, you got a new quarterback. You got four new offensive linemen. You lost like nine kids uh, due to the COVID stuff, transferred, left, um, you know, quit, and blah, 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 everything else. But you know, Steve, there was a lot of negativity about Michigan coming into the year for people that follow this stuff. And, man, they look great. <laughs> like, they started turning up. That was like old school Michigan football. Their defense looked angry and nasty. Uh, Michigan's have had a hard time running the ball over the last couple of years. That's this young old line, bunch of angry kids. They just they played with a chip on their shoulder. And this quarterback, Joe Milton, looks damn good. Six foot five, 245 pounder, got a cannon for an arm, nice pocket presence. Um, you know, they, they look damn good, Steve, but I was still surprised to see them be laying 24 and a half. I know it's coming down, it was 26 and a half, 24 and a half right now. What's your take on the Wolverines?
2: Yeah, I actually did a segment earlier tonight for Wager Talk TV. I actually hosted it this time with Rob Vino and Tony Mejia. And uh, this was one of the games we talked about. And both Rob and Tony said that they made the power ratings around 21, 22. They both thought the line was a little inflated. And, um, you know, I do think that's based on last week's results. As we said, you know, Michigan State loses outright as a nine point favorite, although they did have seven turnovers. Meanwhile, Michigan wins a lot easier than expected as a three point road favorite at Minnesota. And I thought. Minnesota was a live dog in that game. I was close. I took a look at them last week. Luckily, I left Minnesota off my card. I didn't use them. I used those other two Big Ten games at one. Um, but I was leaning towards Minnesota in that game. They have a huge edge of quarterback, I thought, the best one-two combo there in the Big Ten. Uh, meanwhile, Michigan had a lot of uncertainty on offense, but they, they started off fast. What was it, 21 points in the first quarter out of the gate? Um, but this is a rival series. You know, It's a big point spread now. Yeah. Uh, it's just a question of if Michigan State can play better than last week.
0: And Harbaugh's just looking for wins, right? He's not, you know, Harbaugh's all about winning as many games as he can right now. He's not worried about covering spreads. So, Steve, I, you know, one one game I left on the table last week was Oklahoma State. I didn't take them against Iowa State. It was a short number. How, how for real are Oklahoma State, a lot of people are talking about, oh, they're the best team in the Big 12. Are they? Uh, we'll see. I mean, they're, you know, they've been hyped in the past, and they usually underachieve. Uh, but they've been getting it done so far this year. Big game for them with the Longhorns coming to town to Stillwater. Uh, Oklahoma State minus three and a half, total 58 and a half right now.
2: Yeah, this was actually the last game I left off my card last week, Gabe, and I used it as my <laughs> free play on wagertalk.com. So that's how you I know. Wish you what, Oklahoma State, I, I wish I would have seen it. My free play. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Earlier in the week, it was three and a half. And then on Saturday, late Friday night, Saturday morning, when I posted it, it had gone down to two and a half minus 15. I went ahead and used it that's just for the I free got Jumping around, of course. Yeah. And they won by exactly three. So I'm not sure it's a great pick or not. It probably was the perfect yeah, game to be the last one I cut because it landed right on the number.
0: You're right. Because I was like, I, I, I swear, Steve, it was one of those deals. I was staring at my computer like, you know, two minutes before kickoff. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm like it's only two and a half, man. I'm like, oh. But I'm like, this game is such a toss-up. But you're right. Can't, can't beat ourselves up about a two-and-a-half spread, and the game lands at three, Steve, right? It was a coin toss the game. Well, what do you think, Texas are live? We got less than 30 seconds here. I do like defense do you think Texas... year, Gabe? What's that?
2: Yeah, what I was going to say is look at the defensive numbers here. Oklahoma State, 12 points a game allowed, Texas 32. I mean, this is one of the few years where Oklahoma State actually has a good defense. You know, they've always been great offensively, but no defense. So I do think they're for real this year.
0: All right, we got a couple more minutes with Steve Jason Packerfin's going to join us. We're going to talk some baseball with a former uh, former um, general manager. Sports Rage Late Night and Your Rage.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: You're listening to SportsRage with Gabe Marenzi.
2: Here we go. Be, they have odds out there.
0: Sports Rage. Late night continues. I am a And your rage. Are we got a couple of minutes uh, left with uh, Steve Merrill? Uh, So from what we understand, uh, they are and have been uh, lighting it up in Los Angeles. Sunset Sunset Boulevard has been taken over. My old stomping grounds. I've had a lot of uh, great times on uh, Sunset uh, Boulevard. So tonight, there's chaos in the streets. Next Tuesday, of course, is the election, which uh, there's going to be more uh, chaos in the streets. And um, Steve Merrill will be with us uh, next Tuesday following the election. I don't know if we'll have results in the late-night hours. I don't know. They could be contested. Who Like, who knows, dude? It's, it's 2020. I've given up trying to predict uh, these things. But just for the record, the international betting markets uh, right now, um, Joe Joe Biden is uh, minus minus uh, in the minus 210 range, minus 210 favorite uh, range right now. So, uh, Steve, I wanted to get your take, though, on this uh, Atlanta-Carolina football game. The Atlanta Falcons just keep finding ways to lose games. I know Carolina is a far from a perfect team, but Teddy Bridgewater just keeps uncovering spreads. They covered the a number again against the Saints. I, I prefer I prefer the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater in spots, Steve, where I'm getting seven points, right? Where I'm where you know, I'm an underdog, and you know I'm not in a situation where they have to win the football game. But Atlanta don't know how to win games, bro. And Matt Rule's a good coach. You know they they want to win games. Teddy Bridgewater's 32-10 uh, and 10 against the spread in 42 games as a starter. I'm taking Carolina on Thursday. I've taken uh, all the drama out of this leading up to it, Steve. <laughs> but I'm taking Carolina.
2: We Thursday games every week for several seasons. You know, it's a good sample size now. Is, there's no question the home team has an advantage. And it makes sense because both teams are playing on three days rest, but the road team loses a day because they have to travel – um, it's not much of a road trip obviously Atlanta to Charlotte just like Philly uh, you know Philly New York to yeah. Philly wasn't much last week um, but it's still something that would favor Carolina here and by the way the Falcons as bad as they've been this season one and six straight up they've only had more than one turnover in one game they're still one and six not a good sign
0: they can't you know and they rack up yards. they can't bury when they're in the, the red zone Carolina is going to win I, I, I like Carolina in this game Steve it's always a pleasure my man we'll catch up on Friday. Merrill wager talk thanks Gabe